Shalom, and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, a trumpet call, a voice crying out loud for God to those that would hear, so that they would run to Him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm that our time on earth is short, and that we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war that we are standing in the middle of. Today, I get to speak with our friend, Pastor Gary Durham. And I've got Aiden with me and Grant again, and uh, we're going to talk about something right out of Revelation today. <laughs> yep. um, we're going to talk about something straight out of Revelation 13, and the, that is the Harlot Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for joining me. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you. Indeed. All right. Pastor, I think you probably know better than any of us. What uh, Revelation 13 is really talking about when we get into the Harlot Church. Can you give us a guide on what the Harlot Church is? Well, if we're going to stick to uh, doing a kind of an exegesis and not an eisegesis of Revelation 13, uh, what we're really talking about is that that second beast that appears. And you'll notice the first beast appears out of the sea, and that is in uh, prophecy always symbolic of the the mass of humanity. So it's the nations. This beast appears out, and it has, of course, it's a composite beast of the various nations that have been described by Daniel previously. And again, it's this time it's a composite beast, and it takes on something, and it tramples down the whole earth. So it becomes a global system. But this second beast is extremely unique. It doesn't come from the sea. It says, I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. And then it says it had two horns like a lamb, a very important statement, but it spoke like a dragon. So clearly this is a false Jesus. Jesus is called the Lamb of God who takes Mm -hmm. away the sins of the world. It is interesting that the eschatology of many false religions have a—in fact, in Islam, for example, Jesus is coming back as a prophet. He's not the Son of God. He's not God incarnate. But he's coming back as a prophet to convert everyone to Islam and make them worship the last imam, who is, of course, going to be the Antichrist. Everything in Islam is exactly the opposite of Christianity. What we see as evil, they see as good. And so the interesting thing is that this final beast will be a system that is going to be focusing the world on worshiping the Antichrist. Now, I think we need to talk about what are some of the possibilities of why the world will worship the beast and the dragon. Sure. Uh, some of that has to be conjecture because we don't know it all, but we can see some things happening on the horizon of the world, and we are going to understand that this system is going to be about shoving people in that direction. In fact, it's going to become mandatory. It is this beast who makes people take the mark. It is this religious beast who says, if you won't take it, you die. And we learn later in Revelation that it's beheading that is used to kill them, those Mm. who have been beheaded for their testimony for Jesus, which is interesting because that means some form of the influence of Islam is going to be present in this conglomeration that's coming together out of all the false religions and apostate Christianity. And so uh, it is going to be a very powerful beast because it's going to, because religion is used to control the world. And Satan has finally learned he, that he cannot take the religious element out of people. He just has to direct it to something false. Yeah. And I think we see elements of that today. <coughs> yeah. 
when um, everything in the world right now is about bringing people into one one pillar of thought. Yes. Whether it was around the pandemic and masks. I mean, if you, I think a lot, are a lot of trial runs, mm-hmm. right? And so we do things in our world now that are almost, you don't get the option to opt out, right? Mm. And so we're, we're hearing more and more of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that starts to create an atmosphere for that, that mentality that you were just talking about that there isn't an option to say no. No. Mm-hmm. And so these are all stages to get us there. Yeah. And, I, and it is a slow roll because if you were just to, it's like a, the, the boiling a frog, right? Yeah. It's you throw them in a boiling water, they jump right out. Yep. But you put them in cold water and turn the temperature up one degree at a time, they'll die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they've been doing to us in America over the last few years. <clears throat> but we, we see that around the world, though, now. Yeah. It's well, not yeah. just in one nation. It's worldwide. Yeah. That they're turning the, the temperature up on us one one degree at a time everywhere. And, and we have nations that are more aggressive about it, like mm-hmm. in Australia and Canada. In China. In China. But we have the, the the larger nations that have people that have a rebellious spirit historically like ours. Mm-hmm. They have to go slower. Yeah. But they use the other nations as a model as how we get there in stages, right? Yeah. And and I think we're we're seeing a lot of information that drives you to a train of thought. Yeah. Um, there's a whole new renewed outburst about alien sightings. Right. And uh, even Congress has come out in the last few weeks and admitted that aliens are real. We don't know what we can do about them right now, and we understand that they're really an uncontrollable entity. Wait, they yeah. actually said this? Because I haven't yes. heard it. Yeah, uh, was... I know that they had the UFO commission like a few months ago. Right. Yeah, um, they've actually come out and admitted they're a real thing that they just don't have a solution for right now. And see, I, I've been saying for a long time that aliens are real, but they're not what people think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. the fallen Elohim. They're the fallen angels. They're the demons. Some of them may be demons. I think they're mostly the fallen principalities and powers. But they're the mm. aliens. We're not alone in that sense, that's yeah, for sure. And we right. thank God we've got the good angels here as well. But most of all, we've got the, the presence of Jesus through his Holy Spirit but that is with us. But the point is, we know that there's aliens, but this is going to be a total deception if this if they use this mm. because it's not going to be—they're not going to get what they think they're getting. <laughs> they, there's going to be technology— uh, veneer on it, all kinds of things. There's going to be all this hope of a evolutionary leap for mankind and all this kind of stuff as a part of it. But the truth is, it's just the same old demon nonsense is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I think that kind of goes back to what you were speaking about a little bit ago. One of the ways that a false Christ could draw people who should know better Christians into that thought process is to say, look, the, the the angel of God is here and he's going to speak to us about this and he's going to tell us what the real way is. Mm-hmm. And these these things that we thought were aliens all this year were really angels waiting for us to be ready. And so now we can move to this higher level. So come and and people are, I think some people are just easily led into that thought process. Yeah. 
But we're, we're attracted to mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, mankind is incurably religious, and we are drawn <laughs> to mystery. You know, if you have a movie about mystery and uh, the supernatural and something, mm-hmm. you can fill a theater mm-hmm. easily. Even mm-hmm. if it's total nonsense, you can fill a theater because people have this emptiness about the, the mystery of life. What is life about? What is meaning? What is there another side to reality right. and all these things? And and they're just about ready to swallow anything that somebody throws at them from mm-hmm. that realm. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I agree. And that's why it's so easy to be deceived. And that's yeah. why it was so important when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, what are the end times like? He's like, don't worry about it. It's whatever. But he said, no, this is what it's going to be. Don't be deceived. And they laid it out for him because right. he right. wants us to know. And I think that's a false thing in Christianity too, where, oh, you don't under, I mean, I remember being told that growing up too. Oh, Revelation's too hard to understand. Just don't even read it. Uh-oh. Like, don't even, and it's like, Revelation literally means to be revealed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like. Apocalypto. It means a revelation. That's yeah. exactly what it means. An, an unveiling. Yes. Yeah. And it was him laying it all out <laughs> so we don't fall in those deceptions. Yeah. And and that was yeah. that was a big point of Jesus and Paul that he made. Yeah. When they talk about how there's going to be all these false false prophets, false mm-hmm. Jesuses. If you hear I'm out in the desert, don't go to me. I find it interesting they he specifically said if I'm out in the desert don't don't go right and what they're doing in the desert right now yeah I'm sitting there going okay <laughs> they're just they're just looking in the book of Revelation going oh this is what we're supposed to do next mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're talking about the uh, the Abraham complex and yeah. then the being built mm-hmm. in the desert and oh, the house of Abraham yeah. yeah. Yeah, the United Arab Emirates, I believe. Yes, uh huh. Yeah, and uh, you know that is a co-joining of Islam, uh, what I call apostate Judaism. If if they ever join them, they haven't officially joined them yet. And then apostate Christianity, and the Pope is in the middle of this thing. Mm -hmm. And all the liberal, skeptical theologians who are not really Christians because they don't believe the Bible, they don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, but they call themselves Christians, and then they dupe other Christians by telling them, "Oh no, the Bible's just a book of myths, and it's just a you know the history is not correct." And blah. And we have evidence to prove that everything they're saying is wrong mm-hmm. and yet they won't look at the evidence because they want it to be what they want it to be you know right mm-hmm. well they you know they tend to take uh you know what we've seen in the last 50 years how how easy it is for people to just accept when a teacher or a preacher um takes a verse out of context or somebody know. wearing a white coat tells them to put a mask on their face yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when they preach out of the message oh there you go <laughs> that, that is one of my biggest pet peeves like, oh don't do that well there's a, there's a few good things in there but, but it yeah. shouldn't be your bible no yeah. no I, I read it i read it from the greek first and if the message doesn't line up with it i throw it out yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know you started talking a little bit about um what we nowadays call new age, you mm-hmm. know, um, there's a lot of um, a lot of people that get into that, or they'll use drugs like DMT or psychedelics mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm. And more and more people are actually talking about how they're intentionally using those because they meet these beings, you know, yes. and and they're they're revealing secret knowledge, mm-hmm. which is it's not new age. It's been around for just another form of for Gnosticism. A long time. Yeah. Well, it's they do that down in like 
Is yeah. it South America? Is it the Askenazis or whatever they're called? Where they where they're like guided like spiritual trips? Yeah, that, where yeah. they like there, guide more them than through. One, yeah, uh, tribal group of people. Tribal, that do yeah, that, and they've know. been doing that for like ever. Um, well, yeah, the, the, the ayahuasca the and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. with yeah. the peyote, you know, uh, and you know, and I'm surprised that some of these. Churches that are off the rails haven't already introduced peyote into their services. Wow! Because <laughs> well, I'm sure it, it would help their attendance. Well, here's, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing: it's a good about, advertisement, I guess. About <laughs> well, that do... connection, though, is you don't need the drugs to actually get there. That's right. And you've got a lot of New Age mysticism um, coming into the church, um, you know, with enneagrams mm. and mm-hmm. you know occult practices and seeking this secret knowledge. Um, which which is what we were pretty much forbidden to do, yeah. you know, and they're they're bringing that in as if it's like the thing, like this is God has b- revealed this to us. This is how right. we're supposed to approach right. God, you know. Um, but anyways, uh, it all ties it all ties into yeah. you know well, what you were saying. Well, let's, well, let's talk a little bit about New Age spirituality, and that's very important because you know, and you did say something I, I want to comment on before I go there, is that. Uh, Clear back in the the late 60s, 70s, and early 80s, there was a lot of parapsychology research going on in many of the major universities. What they discovered is that there are all kinds of ways to induce astral projection, out-of-body mm. experiences. You don't need drugs to do it. You can do it with techniques, and you can do it with uh, sensory deprivation. You mm. can do it with all kinds of things. I've read huge articles on the technological ways they can actually cause people to have out-of-body experiences and actually be able to travel in the astral realm and blah, 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 blah. Well, the point is all of this has been with us for a long time, and this is coming back. But we must understand when New Age talks about spirit, they'll use the word spiritual and being a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual person. But we must understand they don't mean the same thing by spiritual that the Bible means by mm. spiritual. The Bible, when it talks about the spiritual realm, is talking about the original realm where God exists. And God, of course, is the ultimate spirit who's always been. But he has actually created a world that is spirit, and the angels dwell in that world. And it's it's probably a very beautiful world. And uh, I believe Satan can use it to deceive people because I believe when people have out-of-body experiences, he shows them all kinds of beautiful things. Mm. Sometimes it sends them back with a false message. Everybody gets heaven in the end, so to tell everybody not to worry and just you know have a good time, you know, which is nothing but satanic to the hilt. Mm. It's totally anti-Bible. But the point is, is that when New Agers talk about spirituality, they're not talking about this dimension outside of the material realm. They're talking about something that is within the cosmos, which has to do with forces and energies that have to do with learning to control them and make them serve you. But what they're really controlling and trying to get to serve them, which are which the, they're willing to do, is demon spirits and these uh, fallen Elohim. They're willing to propagate that misunderstanding. And so they're trying to get you know, to, to control forces, but what they're really getting in contact with is evil personalities that are leading them astray into a false understanding of reality. Well, it's possession under the guise that they're in control. Yeah, it it's starts witchcraft. Off, it, starts, it, is. it starts off as oppression and ends up as possession in most right. cases. Yeah, mm. you know, it's a there, there's a false submission of those spirits. Mm-hmm. You know, and they well, they think they're controlling them. In reality, they're being controlled. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because you got to let, I mean, you have to give them the authority to do that, 
to let them in, right. and you're, that's what they're doing. But they're if you using want, those. if you want something bad enough, you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, we learned, for example, when we were when I was working in the counseling ministry with uh, critical cases, we learned that people who abandoned themselves to any particular sin, if they wanted that and they were willing to do anything to have that, whatever it is. They would they would most likely become possessed. Wow! Through that sin, because that was a total abandonment mm. of their will, and at that point, they their will was subjugated. And then the once the spirit had that much control, it would just start. So kind blow, of just it let just it start, in. It would just start blowtorching the personality. Wow! Yeah. So we have to be very careful what we surrender our will to. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's there's, um, in my notes, we're like a little bit past. Where I wanted to like found, or, you know, build oh, the foundation on. Go back, go back. Because this back. leads we into reverse gear. Th- this leads <laughs> into like where I want to go. You know me, um, I'll run sometimes. <laughs> you know, one of the things, and we can skip over because you talked about um, the last caliphate. You know, the final imam of, of mm-hmm. you know Islam. The Mahadi. Um, Mahadi, yeah. And we can and, and a little bit about. Uh, I mean, you touched on the idea of universalism. Um, you know, you know the universal church. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the sense of, you know, like the coexist uh, mm-hmm. nomenclature where all religions come together, all paths, you know. Well, uh, that's making a big comeback you know, on the bumper stickers. The bumper the stickers. Uh, I see those everywhere. Everywhere now. Coexist. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. got all the religions. Yeah, on. all yeah. the religions, on, which it makes no sense. It's irrational. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. what we'll end up talking about, we'll, we'll, we'll allude to, and we'll cover that, that it's topic funny, though, a bit. If you say that that's but, not a real good thing. I think some people automatically go, well, why would you not want to get along with people? That doesn't, that, that's that has not nothing that to do that's with what, it. Yeah, but no, that, no, no, no. Yeah. that means to give up what your beliefs are to the point where you can align with a like, middle ground with everybody. Well, you can only say that in a culture where truth is no longer uh, uh, considered part of the equation. Yeah. But where truth is part of the equation, everybody would have to say, well, that can't because this one says this is true and this one says this is true and they both can't be right. Yeah. One's got to be wrong. So right. we can't all coexist when one of them is obviously talking nonsense. Well, there there well, is there is one in the whole the whole conglomeration that they're trying to push together that is diametrically different than all the rest. All the rest may have may tell the story in a different way, but they all tell basically the same story. Yeah, they all have yeah. this basic same prophecies for end time, the end of the right. world. Um, and there's one that is counter to all of those, and that's Christianity. Yep, right. That's why Christianity is so hated, and they're trying to get Christians to to abandon the truth of Christianity mm-hmm. to become like them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they, they want us to abandon Jesus because that's the core of where right. the problem is. And with Christianity, if Jesus isn't there... there yeah. Then everything else is a waste. Well, the, the liberal theologians tried to remake Jesus, if you remember, with the Jesus mm-hmm. seminars, you know, and they would put, a, you know, a certain colored marble in it where they think he actually said this or said that, which was, you know, one of the most laughable things for true theologians. <laughs> we laughed our heads off because these guys were, I mean, it, it was childish what they were doing because there was no scholarship involved at all. And uh, But the point of it was that. that they were trying to remake the image of Jesus. Mm. And when that really didn't work because real scholars, you know, exposed them as being total crackpots, well, that, then, of course, now they're trying to go other directions with it. But the point is, you're right, Jesus is the problem. If you talk about the real Jesus revealed in mm-hmm. Scripture and the real Jesus and his true teachings— 
you will find the temperature in the room goes down quick. Right. If you just talk about spirituality and everybody loving each other and everybody getting together and affirming one another and blah, 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 that, you know, you'll get a warm reception. But the moment you say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, boom, you will get attacked as being a bigot. You will be attacked uh, you know, that you're unloving, you know, mm-hmm. you are Absolutely trying to right. push your, your truth well, off on me and blah, 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 of course, which is you can only say that within a relativistic context of truth. But if you understand objective truth, you know, you couldn't say stuff like that. But anyway. Well, yeah. well we even have, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I took a, I took a world's religions class in, in college, mm-hmm. which was very interesting because it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was, you know, from a secular school. And uh, one thing the teacher said that was very funny was she grew up, she became like a reverend and she grew up like a Christian and stuff. But like she said, it was possible to be a Buddhist and a Christian at the same time. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's what we're dealing with this semester. Um, <laughs> but one thing she said <laughs> That kind of goes along. I know. I I I literally had to. Did cover you ask my her mouth. which form of Buddhism? Because original Buddhism is atheistic. So how could you be Christian and atheistic? Yeah, at the same exactly. Time? Well, the way she described it was, she would go to this like Buddhist thing, and like I guess in like the Buddhist religion, like they don't care what god you have. Like, oh, no, they're like, they everybody don't. has a different God. And she's or you like, don't have to have one. Or you don't have to have one. So like when she came in, she's like, oh, you know, I grew up learning about Jesus. And she's like, oh, Jesus is your God, blah, 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 blah. Come in and we'll all be happy together and you can yeah. be both. And, and like, I was like, how did you go through seminary? <laughs> and it was, well, there, it was a very interesting class. There's but... clearly no spiritual discernment there because the actual, um, the physical practices of Buddhism, the chanting and the meditation mm-hmm. and the, the mm, you yeah. know, and, and whatever, you know, and the, and the physical postures, um, those are all forms of channel like trying to get your body and your spirit in a way where it can channel things from the but, spiritual world. Well channel energies they call right. it. But but the point is it is spiritual. Well you can call it Taoism, yeah. Hinduism, it, right. like they all the, it's all like, the you same. know yoga is actually a practice of Hinduism which is you know th- this goes you know into another part of what I was talking about or wanted to talk about but um, they call it kundalini. Yeah. And they're they're trying to invoke the spirit of kundalini. Um, and it's often results in them having this euphoria and this, they, they shake and they scream and, um, that like, it's just, it's almost like they're having a seizure, you know? Um, but what Kundalini actually means is serpent spirit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, and so you see that, you know, that this is, this is what their end goal is, but all these yoga postures and all these things, it's all practices to align yourself to be able to receive those things. And you're actually worshiping demons when well, you're doing is, this. This is well, why you're given a mantra, because mantra, the purpose of a mantra is to blank your mind so that you become passive. Mm. And and, and uh, Eastern meditation is the exact opposite of Christian meditation. Christian meditation is to think very deeply and very purposely about some truth or, or some scripture or something that God has shared with us and and trying to understand it through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Eastern meditation is to blank your mind and let whatever wants to come in, come in, and let whatever wants to illuminate you, illuminate you, and you can imagine what they get. They get the angel of light. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, and, and it's interesting because even our own government is now targeting Christians. I mean, there's a there's a whole series of articles and even Congress and the FBI have listed this new idea of white Christian nationalism as a real problem in America, that it's a co-opted Christianity because the the one they're talking about is one that's not passive, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is vocal, mm-hmm. is willing to go out into public and, and have their voices heard. Um, frankly, if you listen to all the things they say about their idea of Christian white Christian nationalism, and they even say, well, you can even be an African-American, Asian, or, or Hispanic and still be a white national, or Christian nationalist. <laughs> Why are they calling it that then? Well, they're, they're, <laughs> they're trying to lump um, all, the, all the major things that they're against into one thing. Uh, because yeah. they're they're trying to r- divide us by race, and they're mm-hmm. they're trying to make everybody hate white people, yeah. the white patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. The nationalism, because we want to be America and we, not well, the world. Yeah, yeah. They, they want right. the borderless. They want a borderless, borderless world, and right? Yeah. You know, and one so of, and one of their big claims that they think is just horrible is white Christian nationalists believe that America was founded on Christian uh, themes. That that God has blessed this nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're opposed to the idea that God blessed the United States. Yeah, well, American exceptionalism is a dirty concept, and yet it's absolutely true because there has been no nation on the face of the earth that has been this exceptional until mm. recently, where we've started dismembering it, you know, little by little by mm. little. But that, the thing that scares me the most is our own government is now involved in the beginning stages of Christian persecution on our soil. Right. I mean, it, it's here now. Yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, we saw it begin several years ago with the deplatforming of, of free speech and all these kinds of things. And so we know it's going to ramp up from there. That's just the beginning. When you, when you shut people up, the next thing you're going to be doing is finding other ways to basically corral them and control them. Well, mm-hmm. and for the past two years, we, millions of Americans have listened to guys in white lab coats, guys that stood at a podium that had the presidential seal on it, and have listened to everything they said about a pandemic and made decisions based upon people that they're supposed to trust. Right. So now you have these same people talking about Christians the way that they're doing. So I think that's another way that people are going to want to separate themselves from anything to do with that because the people that they've been trusting for the last two years are talking about the dangers of it, and mm-hmm. they don't want to be associated with that. Right. So you start to see more passive thoughts. You start to see people that are going to be, well, maybe my pastor's a little over edge. Maybe maybe I need to find a different church. Mm-hmm. And with what the we know of the harlot church of the end and what we know of what the, the, that Satan and his minions are going to do, there's going to be a ton of places for these people to go. Yeah. And they're not going to be healthy. No. And here's the thing that we're seeing emerge in what I would call the harlot versions of, well, let's just talk about our, our area. In Protestantism and in evangelical Protestantism in particular, we are seeing a huge focus on supernatural, miraculous uh, manifestations, which go into this uh, area you were talking about that comes from yoga and, and right. 
the, mm-hmm. you were referring to it as the uh, sh- oh the the Kundalini the Kundalini yeah the serpent spirit and we're seeing uh, the same practices that we see in Kundalini we're seeing that come into churches mm-hmm. in the name of being filled with the spirit well, it's, well but it's the wrong spirit yeah but here's what we felt we failed to correlate it tells us that this harlot church and this beast who is a lamb who looks like a Jesus but speaks like a dragon because he speaks lies is actually going to be a miracle worker calling fire down mm-hmm. from heaven. He's going, to, he's going to be doing all kinds of things. It, there will be miracles. And people don't understand the final battle is not between the spiritual and the secular. It's between the spiritual and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Secularism is going to fall by the wayside. The world is on the move toward becoming extremely spiritual, but that definition of spiritual is what I said before. It's not the biblical definition, and it is a satanic a counterfeit that allows Satan to interpose himself into human reality. And we can see all throughout history that when nation, just a nation, becomes extremely religious, mm-hmm. that it, they're some of the most bloody times in history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is another thing, uh, and I'm going to say something that you guys are going to shiver at right at the beginning, <laughs> but I, I think it'll turn out where you're okay with it. But we need to be careful about wrapping Jesus in the American flag. Now, yes. I am an Amer- I, I am an American and I believe God has blessed this nation beyond any nation that's ever mm. been on the planet. Mm-hmm. 100%. And Israel could have been this blessed, but they forfeited it. And I think our early fathers accepted it. There were of course many people who were bad people in this nation from the very beginning, but there were the foundation of our nation was controlled by men who were extremely brilliant and extremely committed to the Christian faith. And, I mean, just read the Declaration of Independence. It's totally based upon the Creator yeah. and God-given yeah. rights mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, and that's, that's where we started. But we must be careful. All nations are going in the dumpster eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is only one kingdom that's going to endure, and that's the kingdom of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to do during this time is we have to understand that while we should speak out for the preservation of the things that are good in our nation, the freedoms we have, mm-hmm. the individual rights we yeah. have, you know, and we should do everything we can to try to protect those. We should make it clear that that's not our ultimate allegiance. Yeah. Our ultimate allegiance is to love people who even we disagree with, even people who are disagree- are persecuting us, who are cursing us, who are telling us that we're the problem in, in society. We still have to love them, turn the other cheek, go the second mile, give the second garment. Mm-hmm. If we don't do that, we cease being Christ followers, right? Right. No, I totally agree. No, yeah. and that that's been that's been the biggest danger um, that we've seen is we've seen who would we who we would consider you know um, good Christians mm-hmm. um, embrace figures like Trump. Yeah, you know, yeah, as their savior almost. Yeah. you know, and you you've you've had like almost this. You, you could you could look back at the last five years and see almost this Trump worship. <clears throat> Yeah, you know. Yeah, there there is a cult falling, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, it was and, a total divide. There was a there right. was a, there a Trump worship and Trump hatred, you know, and right. and and the, and nothing on almost in between. Right. Well, but, and, and but the, and part of that is the alternative that's presently available 
is so anti-American. Yeah, and anti-God, anti-everything. People to that. Yeah. yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that's the problem. A nation is always in trouble when it's going to either the left ditch or the right ditch. We're not on the road of truth. Yeah. And, and yeah. if we're in the ditches, we're in trouble. Yeah. But you have so many Christians that are looking to a figure. Like it, now, it's like, like even myself. Like I, you know, I in the upcoming 2024 election, assuming we get that far, um, you know. <laughs> That's a big I, assumption. I, yeah. I, love your, I, I love your positive attitude. <laughs> you know, you know, I think it's a big assumption. I, yeah. I would, you know, I, I say that I would much prefer DeSantis on the ticket than Trump, but at the yeah. same time, like we need to be careful that we're not looking to some political figure or yep. some person, right. some well, man so to, to fix our problems instead mm-hmm. of looking to God. And yes. it's but, so easy to do that for sure. The thing that Christians have to keep in mind is that God will give us the leader we deserve. Mm-hmm. So he appoints we're following every leader. God, and we are turning to him, and are lifting our nation up, and our people are repentant, he'll give us a good leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't, may not know his name. Yeah. Well, the, the, le- right, the right. lesson, you're right, you're right, J.D., the lesson is from Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham whittled God down to 10 people, and he couldn't find 10 and so Sodom and Gomorrah got blasted out of existence. Now, the point is in America, if God's people will indeed truly be, be Christ followers mm-hmm. and love people and tell the truth and stand for the truth, no matter what the cost, but do it lovingly, then we can begin to turn this nation. Because when we are persecuted and we still smile at people and love them, mm. then that's the context of Second Peter, where Peter says... Be ready to give an apologia, an apologetic, mm-hmm. uh, an answer, as we say, or a reason for the hope that you have. It's in the context of persecution. He's mm-hmm. saying when things are going bad, when you're being persecuted for righteousness' sake. He's saying it's in that context when they ask you why you have such hope, why you're smiling all the time, even though everything, everybody's spitting at you and throwing mm-hmm. rocks at you like they did St. Francis of Assisi in his early years. You've got to understand that that's the moment we go— well, let me answer that question, you know, and that's when we start having an impact because our right. lives have already earned us the right to speak. And that's right. got to be the priority. And I like I like what you were saying. We should try to preserve those things, the mm-hmm. freedoms and stuff. Yes. But we have to realize that's not going to last forever. Those are going to be gone <laughs> yeah. at it's, some point. Well, if the we've all read the end of the book, haven't exactly, we? <laughs> exactly. Especially if the time frame uh, of the of the... Dead Sea calendar is, is yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but I know a lot of Christians who are putting so much hope and they listen to these prophets and I don't know how true they are, but they say, you know, America's gonna come back around and America's gonna do this and America's gonna do that. And I'm like, Yeah, it's good, we wanna preserve those things, but it's like that's not the end goal, you know. No. The, the, we well, need to focus and the on the truth is none of that can happen if we're not in alignment with God. Exactly. That's right. If we're not repentant, if we're not putting our trust in mm-hmm. him, if we're putting everything into earthly things, there's no chance. Yeah, because yeah. judgment starts with the house of God. Yep. And if God's people are not dependent on him and serving him and living integrity faith, uh, you know, in other words, we're really living out Christ's follower lives, then God has to judge us. He has mm-hmm. to discipline us. Right. And, and so, and, and then, of course, he's disciplining the world as well. There's, there's no better place to go look for that than Isaiah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's laid out. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> if you if the people are with me, then they are protected. Yeah. Right? But when they turn their back on me, I will punish them. That's right. Mm. Yep. It's clear. Well, I think uh, we might have to do a part two because this is very much derailed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think we're saying um, some good stuff. I, I don't really want to get into the rest of what I, I, I had, like the second half of what I had, because <clears throat> we're, we wouldn't be able to do that in the time no, that's frame fine. that's available. So yeah. No, I, we can definitely come back. Well, 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 let's maybe just kind of finish a little bit on a couple of things we didn't talk about with the second beast. Okay. And sure. one, one of the things that's here is that this beast uh, is the one who's going to cause people to receive the mark. Now, mm. there's all kinds of speculations about what the mark is, but this is a religious thing. And we got to remember that. Most people think it's a secular thing. Mm. No, this is done by the religious beast. And he causes those who will not receive it to be put to death. And... This beast uh, is going to also cause an image, idolatry is coming back, an image of the first beast to actually seem to come to life. Now, we're in a position where we, where AI is just exploding, mm-hmm. and it is possible simply through technology probably in a few years to create the illusion of a living uh, oh well, you yeah. want, you want oh. to go into that a little bit? Because yeah, let's do it. We can that's, do that, we yeah. can do that so, right now. That's, <laughs> I mean, what you're talking about—that's possible today. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I actually um, <clears throat> not just with holograms. It, it, it's, yes. it's hard. It's hard for us as laymen to actually know what has actually happened. Um, but there are reports. There is a Google um, engineer who was, uh, I believe, he was fired um, because he would not. Um, he would not say what they wanted him to say. Um, he was on the team on Google's, you know, a- AI team. He was mm-hmm. um, part of, you know, because they've been working on an AI, and uh, so he was having a conversation with the AI, asking questions like it was part of the protocol, right? And this AI seemingly, um, it like claimed to be self-aware, and so some of the questions he was answering, they were answering in a way where like. Like, um, you know, that wouldn't feel good or, you know, uh, and, and I, I would have to, I wasn't prepared for this. I'd have to pull up like the actual um, dialogue script yeah, the- that he that he said, but he's claiming that this AI is self-aware. And my, so, and when you read it, you're like, I can see how they could deny it because Google is flat out said this is not true. They fired the guy, you know, or like they said that this is not, it, it's not self-aware, you know. They didn't deny the the, the dialogue, the actual dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see how, like, they could not deny it, but you also look at it and you're like, those are not things that, like, you know, a program should say in response. Unless it's like, been programmed to do that, of course. Well, right, but the whole point of the AI is, like, it's, it, it's programmed to learn and adapt, mm-hmm. and and like the they learn how to imitate, and you know, and so what AI actually is right now for us, as we understand, is it's not like AI in the sense of like you have um, a sentient being, right? Yeah. It's it's 
recognition of right, right, right. It recognizes patterns, but it can do right. it in such speeds that it, you know, it it, it puts us to shame, right? Well, well, let me ask a um, question. Let me ask well, a question. That I don't think I can answer, but let me okay. ask this question: Is it possible for an AI to actually simulate self awareness? Even yeah. though it doesn't actually that, have it, that that might be possible. Um, yeah. But there, there's like a Turing test that you can give and stuff like that. And they, yeah. I don't think that they gave that to this um, or whatever. But what it got me thinking is like whether or not this this is actually um, become a self aware AI. I don't think that that's actually possible. Yeah. Here's why I don't think it's possible because God creates life. God is the only one who creates life. Right. He has given us as humans the privilege of reproducing. Um, but he is the creator of the life that we are involved in reproducing. Exactly. Right? We, have to, and we have to start with life to get right. life. And I so, think this goes to the question of, is self-awareness life? Well, th- this is what I'm getting. Is that the definition? Th- this, this is, it's a, no, this, it's the definition of a being that has the image of God. And okay. so uh, only beings in the image of God have true, full self-awareness. Now, we know animals have a certain amount of self-awareness, but it doesn't go to the level that we talk about right. in, in human that's beings. Where might, that's where I was going, because you could program software to that these things are self-harm. Mm-hmm. And so then if you ask it, you know, would you put a gun to your head and shoot yourself, this AI would go, well, that wouldn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Oh, that was part. That was actually part of the. Di- that, I think that was the the similar form of dialogue with that they because had you could probe that and say these. This is a list of things that are self harm, mm-hmm. and you don't want those. But but they also had like a they they had a follow up that they had said that the AI had said that that made it even deeper. Okay. Um, but what I what I would. But I think what, you can program context, right? right. But what yeah. I what I would wonder is, um, well, here's the thing: the programming isn't like you've programmed all these sets and subsets. You've programmed a framework, and it's supposed to basically grow into um, what it becomes right. within that framework. So it's not like I've programmed you to respond in this way. It's that I've given you a framework, and you basically grow into whatever you become based mm. on what you've been fed and what you learn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I. The the point I want to make about this is that what if um, AI, in the sense of creating creating uh, this framework, this like a, a um, an AI that can actually do very well at interpreting and mimicking, right? What if it's just something that can be manipulated by demonic, um, you know, influence or? fallen Elohim influence, and it's just a form of them being able to get a physical manifestation in this world. Because, and I say that because right now they can't manifest physically. They can they can appear. Well, but they, they can by manipulating the human mind. If they can manipulate the human mind, they can appear to people. And it, it is not—they can create a representation of themselves, or they can create— a representation that they want people to perceive. Right. That is not actually... Yeah, exactly. They died 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, Uncle we, Ed, yeah. We right. know that they can have influence in technological things. Like, we've seen it yeah. on a Sunday morning when all of a sudden, like, all of our tech stuff just goes down and we start having all these crazy problems, <laughs> you know. Every time I, I try to start the Jeep. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it, it doesn't happen all the time. It'll happen randomly out of nowhere, and the issue will be, like, you know, a mystery to us, you know what I mean? And yeah. often when we pray, it, like, goes away. <laughs> but 
you know, it makes we, our job we, a lot harder. We know from experience in in our services that they're you know we call them gremlins, right? But uh, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. it would seem that like at times you know they have some sort of influence. Now, so what like what would prevent like them from having the ability to speak to humans through an AI and what it, like so the people that started this the people that would introduce this to the world mm-hmm. would not know necessarily know that but they would be like this is actually alive and here's the proof and it would be a conscious being that is able to pass all the tests of mm-hmm. of what you would think you know would expect right. and and then have be given seemingly vast power and control over the technological sphere which influences our daily lives at every level. Well, okay. I don't think there's anything written that says there's limitations on what the evil wor- e- this evil realm can use to de- deceive. Well, one of the things that we see in the Bible, let me go back to, of course, that's that's where I always go to, but, you know, and I know you guys do too, but, but the point is, is that in Genesis, when man, uh, the, the fallen angels came to Mount uh, Herman, if you also read extra biblical texts that are considered by the New Testament to be reliable, like First Enoch, Second and Third is not considered reliable; they were written later. But First Enoch is actually quoted in the New Testament several times. Uh, it was not written down till about probably one or two B.C., but it was orally transmitted. And you must understand, oral transmission in ancient times was very accurate because usually it was put into like a cadence that was like a poem. Mm. And so it would be passed down from generation to generation. And if you learn a poem, you can remember it because you remember it's either got rhyming or it's got meter. They use meter more than they use what we call rhyme, but they use meter. And so a child would maybe every evening might have to recite some aspect of this history committed to a family's care and, and and then we believe that about the second century BC, that one of the rabbis who was part of this family decided that this was going to be lost if it wasn't written down. So he wrote down uh, the book of Enoch, and it was considered to be valid enough that Peter quotes it, Jude quotes it, Paul alludes to it several times. So, and in those that book, we learn that the fallen angels teach man technology. Right. Okay. And so, and in teaching them technology, they're doing that to teach them war and how to create bloodshed across the whole earth and to create violence across the earth. So, you thankfully, so what's happened here, Grant, you've opened, as usual, another can of worms. <laughs> oh, good job. <laughs> and the, the question we have to ask then is, is technology that operates on energy, electricity, flow of electrons, uh, maybe in the future, the flow of uh, radiant energy, which we have not yet totally harnessed, but Tesla had a lot to do with mm. understanding that, the and ether. we do know it exists, and we can create right. it, but we still can't do the, some of the things he claimed he could do with it, But and we don't know if he actually did it. But the point is, is that uh, electron energy and radiant energy, is it the question, the foundational question is, can demon spirits interact with that? And if they could, then they would be able that would be the part of the material realm they would have a, like a door to so they could manifest themselves. And what we see in this passage is this. It says the second beast was given power 
to give breath to the image of the first beast. The, the biblical word to give breath to means to give it some kind of life, or at least it appears to be alive. It to the Ruach. Yeah, yes, uh-huh. it does. And so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. Now, if you go back further, it says this, because of the signs, this beast was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast. So he works on behalf of the first beast, which is the Antichrist system and the Antichrist himself. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet live. So we have a kind of partial false resurrection, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is one of the things that's going to first mesmerize the world. And so it's said by the signs and the wonders he was able to perform. So is this beast going to resurrect the first beast who has received a wound? Now, the sword simply represents some weapon of, of lethal yeah. capability. So it could be a gun. It could be anything. But he see, he receives a wound in the head. Supposedly, it should kill him, and yet he lives, and he's like he's resurrected, and the world wanders after him, it says. Perhaps it's got something to do with downloading their consciousness. <laughs> oh, here we go. Elon Musk. He, 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 he's got a can opener today. Yeah, I no, cannot no, believe <laughs> He, he's been waiting for this. For yeah, so we got years no, of content. I, I actually wanted to do a whole like AI like episode. <laughs> it's all right. Well, but, no, we're, I mean, we're introducing I, several I'm episodes just, here. I'm just saying, yeah. like you know, what's what that what that is appearing like to me from like a thirty thousand foot view is that um, you had someone who was um, physical representation of the Antichrist. And then well, they he was were, a human, then, actually. Then yeah. they were probably assassinated, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, some probably a Christian or maybe not even a Christian, but someone who recognized it Some decided, white decided <laughs> they were going to take him out, right? And then they, quote unquote, download the consciousness or transcend yeah. because they are, quote unquote, God. Yeah. And then they come back in a form that we have that the second beast has created and says this he is back he is alive he is resurrected yeah. right well, in the, a different the, form but they will claim they can claim and people will be like astonished because it'll be the image of right it won't be the it will be the that's image that's an interesting of. theory grant because it is interesting cuz they end up worshiping the image of the beast rather mm, than the beast right so that's Mm, that would be interesting to follow through and do a little more research on. Uh, like, what if they did that with? Um, I hope I don't get in trouble here. Trump. <laughs> oh God! Oh come on, Grant. <laughs> and uh, you put your can opener down. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just. And, I, and I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. Um, no. But there is. There is a lot of weird things around him. I know. And right now he's too old to be the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, if if our timelines are you know from the Dead Sea Scroll calendars yeah. is correct, um, but if they were to do something where they martyred him and then brought him back in an image. Well, the the problem with Trump being the Antichrist is he didn't speak well enough. So that is true. <laughs> yeah, no, no, silver tongue. Yeah, I think this person's going to be so eloquent. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to be silver tongue to and, the maximum, and to the point where you want. To like him, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, even for Christians, I think you're going to be like, 
Oh, I get why they like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well here's the thing. I, I could go into a whole half an hour of, <laughs> of how I could see them turning in favor, the world turning in favor of him, um, and how this was all just um, a, a Hegelian dialectic setup. Uh, but I don't nec- I don't really think that Trump is the Antichrist. I just can see how maybe that no, could I don't, I don't manifest. Think so yeah. I think the guy was just a, a guy that was sick of what was happening in our country, and he wanted to fix it. Yeah, and I and he is. He spent his whole life basically focused on himself and his own abilities. Mm-hmm. He has incredible abilities. I didn't. I, I I have to be honest. I did. I was never a Trump fan. I did not like him when he first started running for the Republican nomination. I did. I didn't I, think he had a chance. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't think. I'm he going. Had, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was all a joke. And then, but when he finally became president and his policies. And the and the things he did yeah. actually in governing, yeah. I became a fan of his policies. I'm yeah. going. This man gets it. He knows what America is supposed to be about. And guess what? America was great again until he left office. And now Four years. we're we're quagmired. We're back worse than it was with Obama. Oh, man, we're headed to the CCP Let, let's so hope fast. That, yeah. let, let's hope that Trump wasn't America's Josiah. <laughs> oh, no, please, don't say oh come things. on again. <laughs> don't say those things. The, you can't get him to put that can opener down. <laughs> he's, he's having a blast. I think, yeah, over yeah. here. We just got back from Transformer. I can't believe it. <laughs> wow, what happened to you over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, I, I think that there's a lot of potential ways that the technology of our world will be used to deceive people. Um, I, I think that there's so much capability of the evil spirits to twist that because the world is very big right now mm-hmm. on charging hard into that direction. So I see where you're coming from. I, I would say, let me just mention something that uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, who is a tremendous Old Testament scholar and, uh, and linguist, uh, has written two fictional books, and he's writing a third one. It's going to be a trilogy, I guess. I don't know if there's going to be more beyond it. He's in the process of writing the third one. I've read the first two. Uh, the first one, I think, was called Facade or something like that. The second one is... Uh, oh, it slips my memory at the moment. But anyway, they're about how... The fallen Elohim are coming back and using the UFO thing as a cover to bring deception to the world and lead the world into, you know, the final globalism that they're trying to produce. Now, it's just a fictional thing. and But Michael Heiser, of course, is very much a scholar who has brought back the true supernatural understanding of Genesis 6. And through his research and his linguistic abilities in ancient languages, he has obliterated all of the, uh, you know, the uh, secular, common interpretations that this was just, you know, the seed of Adam and the seed of Cain and blah, 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 blah. No, this was an actual supernatural invasion which was attempting to destroy the possibility of the seed, capital S, Jesus Christ, ever coming into the world because they feared that because when he comes, he's crushing Satan's head, and they did not want that to happen. So if they could pollute mankind, which they attempted to do with the Nephilim races, uh, the reason Noah is chosen is not just because he was, quote, a righteous man, but it says he found grace, and we're told that he was his gene in his genealogies he was pure. 
That's right. what the Hebrew says. His geology was true. In other words, his family wasn't polluted with Nephilim half-breed blood. Right, right. And so they could carry on the promise of the seed of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So basically God says, okay, I've got one pure family here. We're down to that. We're, I'm taking that, and I'm eliminating everything else, and we're starting over. You know, And so Heiser, based on that, says, could it be? It's just a supposal. He's not trying to do any theology here. He's not trying to do any biblical interpretation. He's a good enough scholar to know better than do that. But he's just saying, just suppose that all this UFO stuff is nothing more than the, the demons and the fallen Elohim creating this hoax as a way to control humanity and pull them together into globalism. Because just think about it. If aliens, quote, unquote, show up that are supposedly extraterrestrials, but people don't know they're demon spirits, and they are now going to lead us into a new evolution and a, and, a, and a spiritual evolution of mankind. And the Antichrist is the first one to take that leap. And now by worshiping him, we can all take that leap. But everybody has to do it together. Uh, we have to all, as Shirley McLean would say, vibrate together, get in sync with, in harmony together. And those who won't do it, well, we've got to eliminate them. We're going to have to cut their heads off because we believe in reincarnation anyway. So they'll come back and we can educate them properly this time. And there's actually a, a guy, David Spangler, who taught that at the U. In. Uh, but the whole point is, is that when you think about this, he's just simply saying, what if we, th- we laugh at the UFO stuff so often because it does get kind of crazy, but there's a little seed of real influence that's going well, on yeah, in mean, our culture. What if they're, instead of being, this is where we're going to send to, they use it as an existential threat yeah. that the world needs to come together. Yeah, well, that's, possible. that's that's the other way it could be used, of right? course. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's beings that are going to destroy us all, so we have to, you have to give up all your belief systems. We have to come together and, yeah. you know. That's another way to do it because fear is a tremendous motivator. Well, especially if they are able to, you know, seemingly zap people or whatever you want to call it, right, and cause destruction like in, in it, like we haven't seen before. Right. Well, think about this beast calling fire down from heaven. Now, that could be that could be supernaturally done. We know that uh, Satan has power, spiritual power. Right. Uh, that could be technologically done. You know, that could be done by controlling a satellite that has uh, some kind of laser attached to it that is able to shoot fire from heaven. And or if you're in control of that, a you... DEW, direct energy weapon. <laughs> yes, a direct energy weapon. Israel's got those. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> yeah. So th- think about that. I mean, and also if they started taking people out with it right. and saying, oh, now there's this big threat, you know, and uh, so, I mean, there's I, all I kinds they, of things you can imagine, of course, that may not be true. I think they have to be pretty smart about how they... Um, represent the miracles because um, there's so much technology that people will just assume technology. So um, I would err on the side that they're actually going to have um, physical manifestation mm-hmm. um, of, of these things, and it's not just going to be technologically driven because that's going to be like that's going to be the you you know there was no sleight of hand. There was no, no possible way of technology. Like this was supernatural. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, uh, that leads to the end, um, you know, that we talk about the spiritual versus the spiritual. Um, but for, in, in terms of aliens for a long time, like I've, I've thought of this idea that, 
um, they prep us with the whole alien thing and and the sense of, okay, we have to defend Earth so that when Christ comes, it looks like an alien invasion, <laughs> and the world yep. gathers around to fight against him. Be- well, we're told you know, that's exactly what they're going to do. You know, it could also be that, like, the the aliens that come first are the ones that are here to protect us, right? And they're prepping us in um, Hollywood with these sort of things, like with the Marvel movies and, like, the superheroes. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Like, they're defending the invasions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They're prepping us already, indoctrinating us to these concepts and these ideas, uh, you know, so that, you know, when they actually put forth what they're go- what's going to appear to happen— will already be tuned to buy into the ideas. Well, this puts you right back into Jesus's Olivet Discourse, which says, The sign of the Son of Man shall appear in the sky, and the nations of the earth shall mourn, for they shall see him coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Now, what most people understand, they think that's a moment of time. Everything happens in one day. No, 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 no. The whole earth is going to see him. It goes around at least once. But I think uh, if we harmonize that with things in Daniel and other places which talk about that same period of time, that we discover that, that Christ is going to be visible in the sky. There will be a rapture of his church to meet him in the air. But I think he and the saints are going to be visible in the sky for possibly several weeks because we are told that the Antichrist is going to gather the armies of the world to the Valley of Megiddo to fight the the Christ, the one on who is coming, the, the invasion of Christ. They, they are going to fight Christ. Well, uh, there's been military, uh, Christian military guys have actually done the calculations. They did them 20 years ago on how how long would it take to gather the armies of the earth to the Valley of Megiddo? And we haven't gotten much better at it. No. And the point is... Boats only go so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but the point is it's uh, it comes out to be 30 to 35 to 40 days. Yeah. And so think about that. And there is, interestingly enough, a 45-day period in Daniel. We don't know what it means. It says, blessed is the one who reaches the 1290th day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the 1290 days until it, until after the, you know, the abomination of desolation. But blessed is the one who reaches the 1235th day. That's 45 days. What is that 45-day period? We don't know. Well, it does say coming. It didn't say arrive. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. We see him coming. Coming. And and his coming may be a period of time that may last for several weeks, but ultimately when Antichrist is in place, Christ takes the initiative and literally speaks him out of existence as he kills him by the sword of his mouth, which means with his words. He mm-hmm. literally destroys them, and that's when the millennial reign will begin, and there will be Israelites who at that period of time will be going through their repentance because they will see, they will look on him whom they pierce. When will they do that? When he's in the sky. Yeah, right. And and it says all the houses of Israel are going to be warning, mourning and weeping as for an only son who has died. What have they done? They suddenly realize our Messiah came 2,000 years ago, and we murdered him. And they're going to be literally devastated, and they're going to repent nationally. And when they finally say, we accept you, Jesus, as our Messiah, 
he comes to fight for them because Antichrist is moving in to destroy them. Right. Because if he can destroy Israel, he can make the Bible untrue. Then he can accuse God. You didn't keep your word because I was able to destroy him. Right. Mm-hmm. So I may be remembering this wrong, but when you talk about this in your blood covenant uh, teaching, yeah, I know. Um, you, th- this period of time, this is where like basically like the marriage celebration is. Um, the marriage celebration happens after Jesus sets his foot on the Mount of Olives oh, and then so and the millennial reign okay. begins. You can't get invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because uh, <laughs> uh, at the rapture of the church, yeah. meeting in the air. Yeah. The mar- I, 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 I probably The marriage supper of the Lamb happens after the Battle about. of Armageddon. Read Revelation 19. After, the battle happens. Uh, Antichrist is destroyed, and then the invitations go out to everyone to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb, to the wedding of the of the Lamb. But you can't send invitations out to something that supposedly happened, you know, according to some people, seven years earlier. You know, <laughs> so okay. it's you know it's happening after the Battle of Armageddon. Okay. Yeah, yeah the, the calling up is the bride going out to mm-hmm. the groom. Yeah, yeah, and and again, a pantasis is the Greek word, which means to rise to meet or go out to meet, and then to accompany back. That's what it was confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I get confused. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's where that's used in by Jesus in his illustration of the virgins who go out to meet the bridegroom and accompany him right. back to the bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is used by Paul in the great rapture passage. We shall all rise to meet him in the air. And pantasis, it means that we shall all go out to meet him and to celebrate with him and to accompany him back to where we came from. That's what the word always means. The same word is used in the end of... Uh, Acts, where Luke records that Paul was coming to Rome, and the Roman church heard he was coming. Of course, he had written them the, this incredible epistle, but it took him nearly six years to get there because of his imprisonment. But when they heard he was coming, it says they went out to meet him at the three taverns to accompany him back into Rome. And the word to meet is anpantation. It means to go out to meet, to greet, and to accompany back. And so it's always used in regard to the second coming of Jesus. So we're going to go out to meet him. That's the rapture part. Then we're going to accompany him back. That's the setting up the kingdom part. Well, great. Well, I think we've uh, definitely set ourselves up for (laughs) another show or 20. Well, I see about five cans open here that we haven't even touched. I, 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 I love it, though, because there's a lot that we can unpack, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I would say that for our viewers, uh, our listeners, that you know, I know we got derailed here. Um, part two, we would cover. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about how the Babylonian religion is really tied into all of this, right? Um, and then we'll talk about what, like, the the modern church looks like in regards to this, how it's preparatory, how music is involved. Um, and all those sorts of things. And then we'll give you guys action steps. Yeah. And maybe we'll get into You're going to the... get homework. Yeah. And, and you... <laughs> Grant just said you're getting homework. Yeah, 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 yeah. Assuming we don't derail uh, again. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're going to derail. So are you going to talk about the uh, the meta thing? Uh, no, that, that'll, be, that'll be its own episode. That'll be its own episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, this has been a very tough resurgence broadcast. And today on A Voice Calling in the Wilderness... We've been talking about the Harlot Church and so many other things that surround that and and lead up to it. Um, If you would, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to visit our new website at vrbroadcast.org where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. 
Also find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And do us a favor. Recommend the podcast to friends and family. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day. Mm-hmm.